Yeah, he was podcasting. All we did was he make was, fun of that guy. He, he was beat us early by, on that. He beat us by 15 years. <laughs> oh, this man looks like he's not fucking around anymore, Snake. Oh, yeah, man. This guy probably makes like a gazillion dollars a year. Joke's on us. Pixar? Yeah. With that Damn. microphone in front of him, he's doing big things. I was hoping I wasn't logged in on LinkedIn, but I think he just saw that I looked at his profile. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen up, everybody. Turn up your volumes. Announcement. You are now listening to a That's Garbage Media production. <laughs> we got a red on it as well. We're pulling super colts all day. Podcasting. Champion of the world. It's Happy Hour, your no! favorite podcast. Cheers, ladies and gentlemen. No! Hey, Daddy, this right? Snake and Trap. Garbage. What is up? It is Happy Hour. Episode 66, coming to you on uh, Saturday, uh, a.m. technically, out in the mountain time. Morning, Trav. How we doing? <laughs> Morning? Is that, what, is that what we do? Uh, is that how we greet each other when we have podcasts <laughs> on Saturday mornings? <laughs> yeah. Uh, is this the second time we've done a Saturday pod? Might be. I think we did this once before on a Saturday night. 99%. Yeah, I, don't hate, I, don't hate, I don't hate it. Yeah, it's not bad. No, I mean, it's, no, it's like kind of pathetic, but uh, that I don't have anything else going on right now. But it's all good. <laughs> yeah, same. I mean, it's twelve oh four p.m. on this <laughs> side of things over here, and you asked me if we could fire up at quarter to twelve, and I was like, "Yeah, I got nothing going." So, sure. Um, apologies if you're just getting the episode. This will come out uh, Saturday afternoon, I suppose. So, Trav, you have the answer key for the. NFL slate this weekend. So I do. I do. Um, yeah. I, so I, don't I think hope everyone can takes it in. Yeah. It, yes. They'll get a crack at it Sunday morning if they need it. I'm sure there's people that woke up Friday and said, where's the pod? Where's my answer key? But you'll give it to them today. That's right. Yeah. This afternoon. Um, and uh, yes, at least seven correct answers for you. So we'll kind of see here. <laughs> Might be getting into some props or something. All right. Um, <laughs> Let's start with episode 66. Uh, I have a terrific athlete here. Kind of obvious. Sneaky obvious. 66? Yeah. No, I, don't, I don't even have sneaky a guess. Sneaky obvious if you have the sport. It's, it's Chell. Oh, Chell. Uh, yeah. Um, Mario. Yes. Mario Lemieux. Or yeah. Mario. I'm not sure how they say it, but yeah. Mm. Um, I'm not. I was on. The, I was on um, doing some... Uh, shirt shopping the other day on uh, Pittsburgh clothing co. And I did see a shirt that said uh, 66 with like the greater than sign 99 took me like a few seconds to figure that one out. I was like, what on earth is this a reference to? I thought it was like a 69 reference naturally <laughs> <laughs> like a Pittsburgh clothing co shirt, but um, no, is it uh, the, the great one? And does Mario have a nickname too? Or is he the great one? What's Gretzky's That's nickname? Gretzky's definitely the the great one, but I don't know. Oh, I thought Mario had Mario Mario's Super Mario, right? Okay, that would, that would make sense. I actually the only thing I had written down about Mario here is 
is Gretzky related? I was going to ask you just how they lined up in terms of um, points per game. Do you want to guess how many points per game uh, Mario Lemieux averaged? I got uh, Mario, for what it's worth, as the magnificent one, which is fantastic. Super Mario. Uh, for the, all the French-speaking people at home, that's uh, Les Magnifique, by the way. Um, that's pretty cool. So, I don't know if his points per game is as high as Gretzky's, but I'm guessing it's pretty darn close, because I know he missed some seasons with, what, cancer? Uh, then he had something messed up with his back, like really bad. Uh, maybe some injuries. So I don't know. I'll say his points per game is a little bit lower than Gretzky's, but pretty close. Yeah. Maybe it's exactly the same. It's, is that what you're going to tell me? Nope. It is. So he is second in points per game and assists per game all time. And Gretzky is is number one. What do you think they were averaging for points per game over the entire career? How many points were they scoring on average? I'm not good at this because, <laughs> I mean, I know it's more than one. But so it feels if like this, if this, two would be a lot. Yeah, two feels like a lot. Uh, and I don't if, know. if this point, helps you, then obviously the assists is like the bigger percentage of uh, the yeah yeah points. Because yeah. I know yeah I've seen like Gretzky's assist thing, and I think it's like pretty stupid. Um, I don't know. I was gonna throw like one. I was gonna throw one point eight. Was first number that came to my head. Yeah, you'd actually be a little low. Um, Lemieux is one point eight eight. Three, and Gretzky is one point nine two one. So they're both approaching like two points per game, which is wild. Uh, one point one of those points for Lemieux was assists, and one point three of those points uh, for Gretzky was assists. So slightly more of that is coming from assists, but that's still crazy. Like if you could live. Or if you could like modern day bet on these guys to have an assist, like those odds would have been like minus three hundred. It's just like he's right. going to get an assist tonight. Right, right, yeah, pretty wild. It's almost like the McCaffrey touchdown, right? Right yeah. now, it's like minus three forty or something. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty just crazy. Like he's going to score. Yes. Um, I while we're talking hockey here, I gotta throw it out there. Did you ever look at like? Uh, you know, sort of like a sports records that'll never be broken. Like, you know, did you ever read one of those things like 10 or 15 years ago? And then sure enough, like, I feel like some of those have been broken. How about the goals record? Like Ovi is going to do that, isn't he? Oh, career goals. I don't think so. I think that is a never to be broken record. Cause he Gretzky also played like, longevity was a big thing too didn't he play like 20 some seasons i didn't think that was i feel like Ovi's working whatsoever. on that to himself though and Ovi missed the the one lockout year too yeah let me look up nhl scoring record i'm yeah i'm really struggling to pull it up here but i don't think so he's at um oh shit you're right so yeah he's only got yeah, he's gonna pass him, right? In terms of goals, not points. Yeah, yeah, not points, but but goals. Yeah, because he's got Ovi's got uh, eight hundred and thirty goals. Uh, Wayne Gretzky has eight hundred ninety four, so he's only sixty four behind. Um, but like you mentioned, um, Gretzky had 
1,963 assists, and Ovi's only got 684. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll never catch him, obviously, points-wise, ever, um, even if he played like a second career, it looks like. But um, as far as the goals thing goes, I guess I need to look at where Ovi's at goals-wise this year. But something tells me that man is still scoring. Oh, boy. Yeah, never mind. He's uh, really slowed down. I did not realize that. <laughs> I feel like I eight, goal, eight goals in 43 games. Okay, so I might have misspoke there a little bit because I uh, feel like he scored like 40 last year, didn't he? I was I was of the mind that he was scoring like 50 goals a year. So I thought yeah, he'd so. have that record in a couple of years, but maybe that's not the case. I, I misspoke here. That's what happens when you check in on hockey on uh, January 27th. <laughs> um, before we move on, I just do want to look up and see how many goals a year this guy scores. Um. Yeah, he was scoring 50 earlier in his career. He scored 50 goals in 2021, 42 yep. last year. I don't know why. 42 last year, Why does he year, only yeah. have eight goals this year? What's going on there? Well, that is his number, so maybe he was just, maybe it's a symbolic thing. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Um, all right, now we can move on. Uh, wow, so, he's got really gray hair. He is old, man. Yeah, he is old. Uh. What do we got lined up here today, Trav? Uh, before we get to football, we're going to do some, a handful of segments. Uh, we'll start with game balls in usual fashion. Game ball. Ronnie Bass. Uh, I have two game balls today. Go ahead. You can go go first. All right. I, got I one might as well ball. knock this one out. Uh, first, this goes to Crab Sports. Back-to-back week for these guys. Uh, I gave them a game ball last week because they gave me a free crack at the $500 risk-free bet. I was pretty excited about that. Um, This week, they're getting the game ball. Uh, They pulled it off. They got my free money. They took money from me. Um, I think I'm now three of... I was trying to tally this up for real. I think I'm something like three of 12 on my free bets. And the best part of that was I realized one of them was... Uh, DraftKings, and I think it was the Cotton Bowl when Penn State played Memphis, and I put the bet in, and I'm pretty sure I was supposed to opt into something, and I didn't do it, and thank God Penn State covered, because, so that was kind of like a free bet I won with an asterisk. I'm pretty sure I would have lost like the 500 bucks or whatever I bet on that game had they not covered. Um, so I'm I'm counting that, and I think I'm something like 3 of 12. Wow, that makes my heart stop. That was what? Four years ago now oh my god yeah hello you just been holding on to that I haven't been, been able to tell anyone i think i was like maybe late in the game i was looking at my phone and i was like i don't know if i took these steps to make sure this bet was risk-free and i don't know what DraftKings does today but i thought back in the day they had the good promo where you just got like um bonus bonus funds like put into your account yeah. that you had to play two times through or something I think so. Uh, or maybe it, was a, maybe it was like five times through or something crazy like that. Uh, I can't remember. But regardless, I wasn't confident that I had like technically signed up for it. I, didn't, like, I don't know if I needed a promo code or to opt into something, but I didn't do those things. So I'm still not sure how that would have went uh, to, be, to be positive. But, um, and then my other game ball is the Buffalo Flickers, who seemingly shoveled out the stadium. I feel like they were just shoveling it out um, like five five different days or so for 
twenty dollars and pizza and pop party or something. I just kept feeling like I I saw so many videos of Buffalo fans shoveling the stadium. So game ball to those guys. Stadium looked pretty good. Seemed like they got all the snow out of there. Uh, seemed like people had seats again. So all is well. Yeah, uh, game ball for me regarding the Bills as well. This is uh, game ball to everyone who texted me after they lost, uh, kind of offering up their condolences as if I had like lost a family member or something. I honestly it helped a little. Um, did make me feel like I was a victim <laughs> a little bit. So uh, yeah, game ball to you guys. Um, I I forgot to ask this when I just said my game ball. Do you have any confirmation from Rod Squad and? TLT, did they do open seating for that one game where they didn't get the snow out in time? Oh, I did not ask about open seating, but I, I assumed they all had. I assumed they all had seats. Um, the biggest problem it looked like was just having so much snow in the like in the aisles and stuff. Um, I think once you got to your seat, though, it, like I think I don't think they went open seating. I guess I could double check. I saw that. something from like a verified account. I don't know if it was like BR betting, but it was someone like that. And they were like, it's just been announced that seating is open at the stadium today. And I, to me, that just sounds like anarchy. Like you can't just give someone in the 400 level permission to like wander down to the 100 level and take somebody else's seat just because there's yeah. too much snow. I, Partic- particularly, uh, you know, a group of uh, Flicker Bills fans. I mean, that sounds like it could be a disaster. Yeah, but I also saw well, pictures. I paid good I, monies for these <laughs> seats. I, yes, and I saw pictures of seats, though, that you physically would not have been able to sit in, and I don't know where you would have taken the snow and, like, moved it to. It's like, obviously, you're surrounded by other seats. So there was portions of that stadium that I'm still confused. Like, did people just kind of stand on top of the snow. I don't I don't get it. Um anyway. Uh okay, any other game balls? All right. Uh we'll move on to Travia. Um I have some NFL quick hitters for you on the Travia side of things. Uh I was kind of looking at interesting box scores to find a few of these. Um, and then I got into some long-term career stats as well, but we'll start with one of the cool box scores I saw. Do you um, do you remember a game in which Jerome Bettis scored three touchdowns and had a yes. funny stat line? Do you want to try and guess the stat line? Sure. Uh, well, obviously there's at least three carries, um, and he scored on three of them. One of them was negative. One of them was a negative rush, though. So I'd say like four or five. Carries, I'll say five carries, uh, two yards, three TDs. Oh, you were so close. It was five carries, one yard, three TDs. <laughs> that's, that's legendary. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a little bit cooler if there was a negative sign next to the total yardage, but definitely. definitely I mean, yeah. that's three TDs on five carries. You can't ask for much more than that. Um, okay. And then the next guy I want to talk about is. Uh, an outside linebacker for the New England Patriots. I think this guy is still currently in the head coaching job market. Mike Vrabel. How many career right. how many career catches do you think Mike Vrabel had? It's in the teens. <laughs> you want to include let's include playoffs on this question too. 
do you have that number in front yeah, of you? I have regular season and playoffs. All right, yeah. I think that's what I think that number is in the teens. Say like fifteen, and you're gonna tell me they're all touchdowns or something. <laughs> it's twelve career catches, twelve TDs. Uh, and that's including two of those coming in the playoffs. So regular season ten for ten. The man never caught a pass that wasn't a touchdown. That's great. I almost forgot. I, think I forgot about that too, but it was just like a goal line. It was a weird. It was a weird thing. Yeah. Um. There was a period of time I feel like where the Texans were doing that was JJ Watt, but I feel like it was only a couple times, right? Because I can't imagine that guy scoring. You know, if they brought him in there and scored like every other week, it would be pretty much unbearable for everyone. JJ Watt, yeah, that felt way more forced, but I do remember, I want to say he caught like one touchdown. The Mike Vrabel thing, the more you think about that, the weirder it is. Like after he caught like three touchdowns and they were down near the goal line, it'd be like, can someone just jam this fucking guy? And like, can we keep an eye on him on this play? Hey, he's going to go out for a pass. <laughs> yeah. He's going to partially block and then he's going to kind of slip up past the linebackers and just how's sit he, in the end zone. How's he, how's he slipping out, Snake? Is he reporting as eligible too? So everyone knows he's in? I mean, this can't be that hard. That's a great question. I don't know if he was playing tackle or tight end. I don't, re I remember him like scoring, but not knowing who Mike Rabel was at the time. Probably should have pulled up some game tape here and went Mike Rabel like career highlights. I'm sure all the catches he, are on there. Is he like he's in? I think he was in the 50s, right? For his number, I would assume so. If he was playing linebacker, yeah, right. So, yeah, I don't think that guy can just legally run out and catch a pass without like you know letting everyone know on the field, hey, basically, I'm, I'm eligible on this play. So, that does seem weird. Um, maybe also they were using him as a decoy though sometimes. I'm just gonna. I'm just going to go with that. Patriots, he was number 50. Um, yeah. But he also wore 56 in his career uh, early with the Steelers. Oh, and 96 with the Steelers as well. But yeah, that was weird. Uh, I guess these are his um, career stats. So let me just see when he was catching these touchdowns. Like, was this over the course of multiple seasons, maybe? Uh Yeah. Probably. 2002, he started this thing, and he scored once. And then the years after was two TDs, three TDs, zero, two TDs, one TD, one TD. Um, and those were the regular seasons. So, yeah, he was only doing this once or twice a year, I guess, to answer my question as to how he was continuing to score. They weren't breaking it out often. Um, must just been slipping them out there, sneaking them out there. I think this is going to break your brain, but I saw this like a year ago. I got to, or uh, within the past year, I got to double check. Yeah. So do you know who Mike Rabel started his career with? Oh, I just said it Steelers. Yeah. I just saw that. Yeah. For like three or four years, he played for the Steelers. Does he not seem like the most classic Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers guy, guy yeah. ever? He does. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it seems like it was so perfect. Was he a third round pick? Yeah, he's a third round pick by the Steelers. And I guess it just didn't work out. Um, I'm he's not only, really sure. Yeah, I'm seeing like a dozen tackles a year. He probably wasn't playing a ton. Yeah, he's an Ohio guy. Zero starts. Yeah, it seemed like, seemed like he should have played like 20 years for the Steelers, basically. And uh, evidently that didn't work out. 
That is odd. He's got, I don't know who he's playing behind, but he's 25 years old and he's had still not started a game. And then he's playing for the Patriots the following year. And he's recording 60 some tackles. Yeah. Like he's playing all the time. Patriots must have saw something. I don't know. Okay. And it looks like he did score in one of the Super Bowls, uh, 2004. He did catch a TD pass. First defensive player to score since the fridge. Obviously, you've seen that highlight like 5,000 times. So 2004, uh, that's not the Rams. That's got to be a few years after the Rams Super Bowl. Panthers, it looks like. Because he also had two, says two sacks of Panthers quarterback Jake DeLome. God. Oh, did he win MVP? A couple sacks and a TD grab? No, I think they always just gave that thing to Brady. Tom Brady undefeated in those? Yeah. Um, okay. A few more NFL stats for you. Most consecutive starts NFL games by a running back. And let's include playoffs for this as well. So this person didn't miss a game for X amount of games in a row playing running back. Okay. So two, two names come to mind here. I'm going to say Curtis Martin. It's not Curtis Martin. Is it Frank Gore? No, it's before both of those guys. It's a before it's, a, it's an NFL legend, a classic. Uh, Emmett Smith. Nope, good, better guess though, but just probably a little before Emmett Smith. Yeah, before Emmett Wal- Smith. Walter Payton. Yes, Walter Payton. How many <laughs> games in a row did that man play in and uh, play through injuries so, with? I I suppose. So fourteen game seasons. I mean, 10 in a row seems insane. What the heck? We'll say 10. No, no, that's too many. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'll say 110. Yeah, I think that would be unfathomable. He played in 178 games in a row. <laughs> so what is that? Like 13 or 14 years? He just didn't miss a game? <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you this, but you realize that uh, Rod Squad, started playing football in sixth grade and he never missed a game or practice his entire career. <laughs> yeah. Never to miss a practice. Why is, is that not surprising? <laughs> uh, they famously, uh, the Bigler boys famously never skipped school either. I think it's like perfect attendance for several years in a row. That's, that's wild. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Ziggy told me that, but yeah, I don't know what's more impressive than the rod squad practice run or the Walter Payton 178. <laughs> They're both up there. Cause you know that sweetness he's, he's skipping, he's skipping practices and stuff. He's taking rest days. Whereas rod squads out there grinding at left tackle every single day <laughs> on the middle school football field. Yeah. Just holding down the blind side. <laughs> uh, another running back for you here. Um, guess who recorded the most rushing attempts in one season and how many was that? I had a name in mind and I would have been I have wrong. A name in mind. Okay. Uh, my name in mind is, I feel like what's his name? Cadillac Williams on the Bucks that one year had about 5,000 carries. Okay. Uh, no, this is a record from two set in 2006. So Cadillac's probably a little, Ooh, see, after that, that. would have, Oh, I feel like that's pretty close, isn't it? Maybe. Anyways, 
Uh, geez, you gotta give me some. You gotta okay. give me. A I hint. thought it was going to be this random. Um, I thought it was going to be Ricky Williams, and it wasn't. Okay, okay. Uh, um, Packers guy? No, not a Packers guy. Uh, I feel like we personally should know this. Uh, it just seems to have flown under the radar. Okay. We, we knew this guy in college uh, very well. So he went to Penn State. Yep. Oh, is it Larry Johnson with the Chiefs? Yeah, four hundred. Oh, I should let you guess. Four hundred and sixteen carries with the Chiefs uh, in two thousand six. Oh my God! No wonder that man has CTE. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Four sixteen over sixteen, so twenty six a game. That's a lot to average. Yeah. What? How many yards did he run for that year? I don't know. I hope it's a thousand. That's a good question. Larry Johnson, 2006. It's got to be like 1,500, right? He was really good for, yeah, it's more than that. He went 1750 in 2005 and then 1789 and then in 2006. And then wouldn't you know it, he never uh, was able to stay healthy after that. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Not really funny, but. Also, every time I hear about that guy in the news, it's not good news. Yeah, so. I, I stopped clicking on the stories. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't want to know. <laughs> just like, yeah, just get him in an inpatient unit and just keep <laughs> him there. Poster child of CTE. Yeah. Give him like a book that just like doesn't end. You know, it's like you like it like coils around. So he's just reading the same pages over and over again. Yeah. Uh, another car crash in slow motion is the um, Chandler Jones guy. Every time I see his name now, too, it's just like wild stuff. And I'm like, this man is suffering. Uh, yeah. It's tough to watch. Almost unspeakable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one more little fun one for you. Uh, most times sacked in a single season. Do you know who this is? You probably do. Yes. Uh, Derek Carr. No, uh, David Carr. David Carr. Oh, yeah. two. How many times do you think he was sacked? I'm going to get ridiculous, (laughs) but I think it's in the 70s. Is it 70 something? Yes, it is. 76 times. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Doesn't that seem impossible? That seems like a mad. Yeah, I remember seeing that one time and I was like, well, that that can't be right. That must be like his career. Because that's like five times a game. So there was yeah, probably games where he was getting game. sacked like eight times and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that is stupid. That just that's like playing Madden and dropping back and just hanging on to the ball way too long. Like that's the only yeah. time you should have 76 sacks in a season. You know how you uh, could turn the offsides off and you could like oh kind of come in off the, the yeah, get ahead of steam when you're coming in, you know? Yeah. Invisible wall, yeah. I would take like uh what was that one guy's name? Uh he played for the Packers, uh Kabir Baja Biamilla or something like that, oh, KBG yeah. or something. I would get him and just come off the edge with his lightning speed and oh my god, it was just so great. Um also I was kind of thinking about have you noticed how I think the Patriots did it first this year, how they brought the guy in kind of on a running start and coming off the edge. How how are they the first person to start doing that? Because like we've been doing that on Madden for decades. You know what I mean? Uh, bring the the guy like kind of running up the line of scrimmage like horizontally, and then 
trying to get off the edge yeah. to block the kick, you know? Yeah, that happened against the Dolphins. And seems like someone would have tried that before. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of people try it since. I have not seen it work again. And it was on prime time, like it was either a Sunday night or a Monday night or something. So everyone was watching. That was interesting. Um, it's kind of the same principle as, I mean, I'll just admit this, as a Dolphins fan, Tyreek Hill commits a penalty on, I'd say, 80% of his snaps. He's running down the line in motion, but he's moving forward a little bit. He's not the only guy that does it, but it's just like a thing that they're just allowing receivers to do is they're running horizontally and they're kind of sneaking forward at the same time. So then it's like he takes off with a full head of steam and who is supposed to run with that guy at that point? <laughs> yeah, actually, I was going to say, I don't, I don't think I care, but now that you put it that way, I guess that does make a lot of sense. Even just for him to get a little bit of momentum forward, that probably makes it that much harder. Yes. To- Cover. Um, you're, you're standing I, at a dead stop, and then you're supposed to guard a guy that's faster than you, already in full speed as he's turning up a sideline. It's pretty crazy. It's not like an insane concept, and if they're going to let you get away with it, I think you'll probably continue to see it, but I would assume at some point someone's going to complain about it. I can't believe no one's complained about it yet. I think I watched... Um, I think it was the Bills game. I think I saw Stefan Diggs do it a couple of times too. So he's not the only guy doing it. But anyway, that's basically what that Patriots blocked field goal was. The guy came in full sprint and raced around the tackle. All right, where were we at here? That was uh, Travia. Did you have any of these? Yeah, I got a couple Michigan football Travias for you, Snake. First, first off, though, just needed your thoughts on this. There was like a period yesterday or the day before where I was like, obviously it seems like Michigan football is going to hire Sharon Moore to be the coach, right? Feels like 99% chance. But then that 1% started growing on me a little bit. And I was like, wouldn't it be something if like Brian Kelly took the Michigan, the Michigan job, like that wouldn't have blown me away. I don't think. Yeah. I thought Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly seems like a good fit for Harbaugh or Saban. Just kind of like, old man, I don't know, like old school mentality. That wouldn't have shocked me either. Um, I could see that guy move. He already bailed on one team. Like could have seen him bail on this one. I could have seen Michigan like being attracted to that idea as well. Correct. Because I started to think more so about, um, I think Paul Feinbaum is like, I don't know. I, he, he's, I'm pretty indifferent on that guy. Actually. I, I just, I don't really listen to anything he says or, uh, really, I don't think anything he says is worth any value whatsoever. He but, has the most boring. He's just like yeah. all the Southern teams are the best. And here's yeah, That's so it. I did. I did come across something where he made a comment though, like Michigan's happy that Harbaugh left, and I do agree with him from the standpoint of that did feel pretty perfect for them, right? Like we get the national championship now, he's gone. Inevitably, that man is going to leave. It's just a matter of when. Uh, now he's gone. You have all these sanctions. I think you can just like plead the case of, oh, the guy that did all this stuff, he's gone. Uh, part of me wondered, what if they would have just like said, okay, let's kind of like, it, I don't know how much sense it would have made to like redo everything, but at the same time, if you brought in like a new staff 
again, you can play that card. Like, hey, none none of the guys that were here uh, last year are still here. Um, yeah, we fired Connor Stallions last year. Like, you know, all the all the stuff that we did illegally. Like, you know, you're just punishing the new players and they're not part of it or whatever. Um, yeah. So there was part of me that was like, could they go outside higher, basically? Um, yeah, clean slate. Yeah, but. Obviously, they went with Sharon Moore. I saw his salary was like $500,000 or something, which feels like a steal. Uh, that was kind of odd. You mean now, or that's what it's going now. to be? Now. Um, I think they said they did bonus him some money as well, but uh, it was really weird. Um, just reading his contract structure. But basically, I need to know from you, my Travis, is I need a college and I need a position on Sharon Moore. So thankfully you asked that just now and I stopped looking at what I was looking at. But I, if you would have told me that guy was 55, I would have believed you. He's 37. So this guy wasn't in college that long ago, I guess. Um, you want me to guess where he went to school and what position he played? Yes. It's tough with any of these guys because they kind of fill out once they get done playing. But I would have immediately assumed that guy was like a tight end or an edge rusher. Maybe like, yeah, I wouldn't really go past that. Uh, I'll say tight end. College, I have no idea, but I don't think he's from Michigan. I feel like I've seen this before. I don't think he's from Michigan, but I don't think he's like SEC either. Uh, I'll just say like somewhere central. I don't know why this would get a reaction out of you, but like, I'll just say like Oklahoma. That was the, I think that was the weirdest, weirdest thing ever. So, um, technically Oklahoma is the sec, uh, for what it's worth. Uh, you said, I don't think he's sec. Uh, he is sec. He's Oklahoma. I have no idea how you got that right. I like, I'm, I, well, I'm, like I said, I'm I think appalled. I, I I'm seriously I'd... appalled that you could have picked any school and you picked Oklahoma. He did go to Oklahoma. He played guard. Um, I'm pretty impressed. You were, you were only two slots down. I thought he was a skill guy. I figured that he played. I don't know where I figured he played, but um, that was wow. That was impressive. So, um, follow-up question to that. I know you won't get this one right. I need to know when was the last time uh, Jack Harbaugh was a coach? What year? <laughs> Are we doing high school? Because I feel like he was going to be a high school coach. You know what? He's not even like a high school coach. We'll say college or above. He was like FCS coach, I think. I think he was coaching at something like that. Uh, I'll say, what year was it? I'll say 2010, 14 years okay. ago. Okay. So, <laughs> again, I get all my information based off, off Wiki, but I have Jack Harbaugh listed as assistant coach at Michigan this year. 2022 <laughs> no. to 2023. No. Or 2023 a... to 2024. Different Jack Harbaugh then. That is that is not what it says on Wikipedia. It says Jim Harbaugh hired him to be an assistant coach this year. <laughs> what? Yeah, so I'm not sure why he was sitting <laughs> in the stands for the game, but evidently he was an assistant head coach. No, he was not. He was never... I don't think he was ever like equipped with a headset or anything like that. I don't think you have to be equipped with a headset to be an assistant head coach. Do you just I, telling you that's his title? 
<laughs> Taggart, who had been hired following following his son Jim's three game suspension in 2023. This is weird. Harbaugh unretired to serve as an assistant head coach for Michigan. He did that because Jim Harbaugh was suspended during the games. Was this guy like, I can pretend to be Jim Harbaugh on game day or something? This is weird, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's very weird. I feel like we all should have known about this, but basically Jack Harbaugh, uh, get that man a a nice shiny ring. Uh, He's a national champion this year. Congratulations, Jack. Um, He actually, his last year of coaching Snake before that was like, I don't know, 96 or something. I mean, this man is ancient. Um, and he did win a national championship that year. So I did contemplate quizzing you and saying who was the last coach to win back to back national championships. <laughs> uh, but I did not do that. Um, Western Kentucky, I think he won it in 2002, Snake, uh, which at the time they were FCS, I think. So, yeah. Oh, it because- does look like. It does look like he coached under uh, Jim previously here, Snake. Uh, looks like he was running backs coach at San Diego and Stanford. So I guess he'd been on Jim's staff before. Man, okay. Yeah, like 2009. What was I guessing? 20, 2010. So I would have been pretty close. With Actually, that. you're pretty close then. You just didn't know he was the assistant coach this year. For, for, for some reason, that slipped by you. This year on the national title team. Somehow I missed that. When him and his wife were downfield or like on the field looked like they walked down from the stands. I feel like I saw that multiple times, so I'm confused. Well, they did switch seats. They said at halftime or something. Oh, that was right too. Yeah. Good call. They did switch seats. So we know they were in the stands. So very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. I mean, I know we've, it's his dad. He should look like him, but it is whoever made that comment about Jim Harbaugh looks like, or Jack Harbaugh looks like Jim Harbaugh wearing an old man costume is it's just very accurate. It's weird. All right. We have a couple segments left here. Oh, my other trivia. I thought about leading with this, but I did play a round of golf yesterday. I'm not going to make you guess. Um, I was worried I was going to be shooting around a hundred cause I haven't played in like four months. I didn't. I broke 100. I shot 98. My ball striking was probably like an A minus. Everything was going pretty well. I could not putt. Uh, and granted, the greens were weird. All the snow melted, so everything was slow, and I couldn't get. I just couldn't get a feel for the speed. But I just want to let you know, I putted 44 times in the process of shooting 98. So it was um, 2.4 wow. putts per hole. I had nine three putts. Dang. Yeah, that's a lot of three putts, but I will say that I I think that's relatively routine for me as well. Like I'm just getting torn up on the greens. Yeah, I mean, that's almost half my shots. <laughs> We're just putting. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, it feels like that's what it all comes down to. Reading a green, having a feel for it. I, I mean, I think just showing up after a few months and expecting to uh, tear it up on the greens just, just probably the, wasn't going to happen. It wasn't like missing left and right as much as like my speed was just terrible. Like I would just yeah leave it halfway to the hole or I'd hit it 
twice as far past the hole. Yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. <laughs> it sucks. It's it just sucks. Okay. You need to you need to start doing that thing that all these golfers do now, where they kind of stand in the middle of it and then see how it feels on their feet or something. Have you ever heard about that? It's got a name. But. Yeah, like four. I don't know. They hold their fingers up or something. Three putts. Yeah. Uh, three. Someone, someone, someone would have to try and teach me that, as if like like at a kindergarten level or something. We'd start there. Start from scratch on that. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I had this. You might be a flicker if in the chamber. Did you have one of these? I do. Yes. Oh, okay. So we should do them. All right. You can go first on flicker. Great. I got, uh, you might be a flicker if you purchase a Netflix subscription, uh, just to watch WWE raw. Uh, looks like the, <laughs> <laughs> looks like the, uh, WWE flagship program, uh, reached a deal, uh, to stream on Netflix for 10 years. How much do you think that deal was worth? Oh my God. It's probably going to be the biggest like media rights deal ever uh for it's, 10 I years think, i mean it's i don't think it's like an nfl size deal but it's yeah i'll just give it to you oh, sorry I, if you want to take sure i'll say for 10 years i'll say 300 million dollars okay how about five billion <laughs> five billion dollars five billion dollars that's how many flickers are tuning in to watch raw on a Monday night. Um, I just, I can't even fathom that. That is the craziest thing I think I've ever heard. That is so disappointing that, that people actually, that many people actually tune into that. That makes me very concerned. Maybe I'm confused by the question. 5 billion viewers or $5 billion is what they paid to get those viewers. Sorry, $5 billion for 10 years. But I'm just saying from a standpoint of, them making that deal, they must be assuming that they're going to be bringing yes. in a lot of people to get yes, to subscribe sure. to Netflix. So, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of people. Fifteen bucks a you know, fifteen bucks a month. I mean, we're talking a lot of people to cover to cover five billion dollars. So, that's um, yeah, that's that's just very very disappointing. I think I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I feel like I do remember you just kind of uh, under the radar mentioning one time that you were tuning into raw at one point of of your life. Is oh, this... I was going to say, no, I was going to tell you that I do get like, I think from watching some MMA, I get like raw stuff on my Twitter timeline. So I was about to push back, but you are correct. I think in 2017, me and my roommates would watch Monday nights, whatever. I guess that's Monday night raw. Uh, we would watch that probably I don't know, three or four months straight, it felt like. And we were like looking forward to it and stuff. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that more than anything. There was this Italian, some reason we liked this Italian guy. His name was Enzo. And he, the best part is just all these weird little spiels they do, like on the walk ins, like the Stone Cold Austin break glass. Like those are the best parts of the whole thing. I mean, crowd shots are nice too. You get to see like the flickers in action, but. Yeah, it never went as far as like considering going to one or anything, but I'd say we will, were fairly consistently you, tuning in. Will you be getting a Netflix subscription? Are you already I'll have be one? holding my Netflix subscription. You'll be holding for sure. it. Okay. I wonder All what right. that's going to look like. Is that like when you watch Amazon Prime? Like it's just the top of it. It'll be like live event Thursday night football. Like is that how Netflix is? Yeah, I haven't seen anything um, live on yeah. Netflix before. I guess. 
Yeah, I guess I haven't either. I didn't really think of that. Yeah, it seems very weird. But um, that's I guess that's what their that's their debut in live television. I thought it was going to be like the Pac-12 network, maybe or something. But nope, we went uh, WWE Raw. So we'll see how it goes. Five bill, ten years. I don't know, but that does kind of sound like the biggest TV rights deal ever. But I'm sh- I wouldn't know. Uh, I also know the UFC is like shopping for a new deal within the next year or two. It'll be bigger than that number. So that, that and they partnered, yeah. so that that might be on Netflix as well, which is weird. Um, uh, more WWE news. If you are into rabbit holes and you want to see some of the creepiest, disturbing stuff you've ever seen, check out the Vince McMahon latest lawsuit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I read read like three sentences. I was like, I don't, I don't ever want to hear about this ever again it's it's weird it's like it's beyond weird and the best part is the one guy's the nfl the former ohio state guy his uncle is like forefront laurinitis oh right that must be like the business end of wwe or was he's one of the guys that's like um vince mcmahon is like setting up the women with yeah and by the women you mean like his girlfriend who also worked at the company it was weird Oh, okay. Didn't didn't get that deep into it. I, yeah. See, I I I started this off by saying I didn't want to talk about it or get into it anymore. And uh, yeah, let's let that, let's go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. Good. Good call though. A lot of flickers coming to Netflix for sure. Um. I have down. You might be a flicker if. Uh, you are transporting a stripped down bare mattress in any sort of form. So we're doing some rearranging in our house. We're moving some furniture. We got a bed that we don't need anymore. Uh, So I currently have a mattress leaning up against the wall in my basement. And it's, it's just being, it's slated to go to the dump. I got to take it over to the city dump. I think like that's going to be a 10 minute car ride. I'm probably going to jam it in the back of my wife's Subaru and take it over to the dump that 10 minute car ride i mean that's the flickeriest flicker run of all the flicker runs is it not a mattress <laughs> just transporting a mattress yeah jammed in the back <laughs> it'd be funnier if you threw it up top i think it somehow might be more flickery up top too yeah the exposed was, mattress yeah that's because it's exposed um <laughs> so it is that a possibility no it I've moved a mattress in that car before and I was able to fit like, I thought it was a queen just really crammed in there. Wow. Uh, okay. So this one I anticipate will not go up topside either, which I'm glad about. Cause you start getting the ropes out and stuff that that makes it worse, but yeah, kind of fun, but kind of know I'm going to just be feeling like a true flicker uh, when I make this run. All right. Um, last thing we have left here. Or no, two things. Hot takes and garbage. So you have the hot takes. You go ahead and dish these out. Yeah, so first one. I think we've talked about this before in this podcast, but uh, the just Jordans in general, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why they're so expensive. I saw a list, uh, like a poster, and it had like all the Jordans on it. I don't know how many there's been. Let's say like 30. I think 28 of them, if someone gave them to me for free, I never would have worn them once. <laughs> I I think they're so ugly with the exception of maybe like the first ones are kind of cool. 
Um, other than that, they're the ugliest shoes I've ever seen. I don't understand having them. I don't understand paying that much money. I don't understand anything about it. Um, number two, <laughs> this is a fruit. This is a fruit hot take. Uh, do you guys buy bananas? We do in this household. R- yes. Regularly. Uh, yeah. What does your what does your wife say when they start to turn black? Um, she wants them to be like brown. Yes. Like that's when and they're getting good for some reason. Yes. And that's and that's my hot take. Um specifically is it for baking purposes? The ones that look horrendous, for some reason they go into the freezer and then they continue to look worse and worse and then I think she does something with them. Bread correct. maybe? Yeah. Yes, correct. So I I just think that rotting bananas, the fact that you can make those into banana bread is like the grossest yeah, it's disgusting. thing ever. Like it's pretty underrated how gross that is. What else? What other food do we go? Oh, it's starting to get rotten. Let's what let's other? throw that in there. <laughs> yeah. Now let's it's... mix it in with some other stuff and that'll be really good. Now it's perfect. Yeah. What other fruit could you do that with? Because if an apple started rotting, you wouldn't say like, I'm going to make an apple pie. Correct. Yeah. Hey, go grab some stuff out of the garbage and throw it in this bowl. How about some nice raw chicken? <laughs> raw chicken? Oh, I had a close call with some steak uh, last night for dinner at a restaurant. Rawest piece of steak I've ever eaten in my life. Uh, I was with two other guys. The one guy's steak was somehow more raw than mine. And he was like, I've eaten some insanely undercooked steak, but this is scary. He sent his back to cook more. Everyone kind of looked at mine, including the people working there, and they're like, you'll be fine with that. The third guy who did not have an issue, uh, his steak looked like, we all asked medium rare. His steak looked like medium, like it was on the overcooked side. Uh, Guess who got food poisoning this morning? Uh, That guy, the third guy. The medium guy, yeah. The nicest looking steak. He's the one that's been throwing up every 10 minutes, so... But I was terrified when I went to bed. I was like, this is, seems 50-50. Well, plus you get the meat sweats too. You ever get that like when you eat like a yeah, I got know, that like from steak? Chi- I got that from chicken and waffles one time. I was like, Yeah, it definitely doesn't seem to discriminate sometimes like what meat it is. Um the the one time I remember the worst I had it, this makes sense, is I went to one of those like Brazilian steakhouse things where they just kept bringing you different types of meat, oh, like yeah. on a bachelor party. I think I did it twice. And I think the first time I like, you know, was seriously so grossly sweaty that I was like, all right, the second time, <laughs> the second time I do this, I'm going to like, I have to cut myself off at some point. Cause you feel like you could just sit there and eat that stuff for hours and hours and hours. And, um, second time I started to feel it come on. So I pulled the plug early, um, that move, but that, but, um, I was going to say the, you know, the feeling of that, the meat sweats coming on also feels like you're like your stomach's about to get sick a little bit too. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm glad that you just sounds like you just got the meat sweat portion without the, without the, uh, yeah, that's the, what know, I got. And I even, there was a couple, pieces, the nastiness, couple pieces on the inside that I was like that. I'm not even going to feel good about like eating that. I don't even know if that'll taste good. So I did leave a few chunks of steak. That was like, that just looks too dangerous and knock on wood. I'm good so far. We'll see. Where are you guys at? Like, uh, we're at like a nice steakhouse in Baltimore. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is kind of shocking, but I think that we could ask Kinger about this, but I think that might come down to like food prep. Honestly, I don't even know how much of it is about like cooking it. 
as opposed to like it just got left somewhere for too long or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I've watched plenty of uh, that show with uh, John Taffer where he comes bursting in. I'm blanking on the name of it. but Yeah, Bar bar Rescue. Bar Rescue. Yeah, when he comes bursting in there and then he always goes to the freezer because he knows it's not going to be good back (laughs) there. And, you know, sometimes there's just like meat just like sitting out, you know, like I think as long as it's in a, you know, kept at like a appropriate temperature, like, you know, that stuff's probably good, like literally for a long time, even like longer than what they'd tell you it's good for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the goat John Taffer clip, I feel like we used to circulate in our kind of group text for a while was him and the cheese, right? It was like yellow or orange cheese and he was making a face. It was the best. <laughs> actually, uh, that actually got one up. Um, I was watching something on Hulu or I don't know, one of those Peacock or something. And uh, Kitchen Nightmares came on. I've never seen this show. It's with Gordon Ramsay. He comes in and like swears in a British accent and acts oh, like a yeah. tough guy. It's exactly the same show. Um, and this this was legendary, but he actually one upped the John Taffer thing because I think John smells the cheese and starts to gag, right? <laughs> he's like, like starts... he might gag real, but then he's like fake gagging and it's getting more and more dramatic. Okay, so this... <laughs> This this got one up because uh, Gordon Ramsay like pulled something out like of a fridge or a freezer and it was like moldy, and he started to gag. Um, the the cameraman started to throw up. <laughs> it's like it's like watching Jackass yeah. or something. Yeah. So the cameraman started to throw up. So then they had to pan to another camera to show the guy holding the camera throwing, throwing up. up. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that I don't think you can stage. I think that guy was probably just <laughs> no, yeah. as sick. Like, yeah, vomiting reaction. Some people throw up when they see other people throw up. So it might have been the case with the camera guy. I don't know. That's that's true, but I don't even think Gordon Ramsay was throwing up. I think he was just gagging. Um, but yeah, that that is kind of a weird phenomenon, by the way. The uh throwing up when you see somebody else throw up. Yeah, I, it's kinda like I get it a little bit. It doesn't ever make me have to puke, but I don't like watching <laughs> someone throw up by any means. It's kinda the it's kinda like the yawning when you see somebody else yawn. That one throws me off like throws yeah. me off way way more than the vomiting thing, I think. Yeah, good call. Both kind of under that same umbrella. Um circling all the way back to the hot take, there is one other fruit. I guess that's a fruit that when I buy them, I'm told one hundred percent of the time you didn't do a good job of picking these out. They should be way softer. It's avocados. And I am picking yeah. the softest avocado I can find at Wegmans, and it's always too hard for her liking. So your significant other's liking. So wait, so uh, but doesn't it just get soft at some point? Yeah, and sometimes it seems to get soft within like a day, which is also weird. But to me, I don't eat avocados. But the harder the fruit is, the better I think that would be. I mean, I can't really say that. I don't eat these things, but. To me, the idea of letting it get like soft and mushy is really gross. And that would just be a sign of the fruit going bad, I thought. But I don't know. Yeah. Same um, with I'm gonna throw a, I'm going to throw a hot take into this, too. I saw a video, I think, on like Instagram or something one time where someone explained how you're supposed to store all your fruits to like maximize the period of time. And like the fact that this isn't common knowledge and the fact that I already forgot everything that he said is just makes no sense. Like. It was basically like, you know, if you do this, like if you uh, cut, you know, certain fruits and like put it in like a thing of water or something and put it in the fridge, it'll last like two weeks longer. Like the amount of like lettuce that I've thrown out that's just like 
oh, shitty yeah. and just vegetables in general that just like go bad so fast. And like he was basically explaining what you're supposed to do with all this stuff so it lasts for a while. And I was like, wow, this is great. I'm definitely going to do it. I don't remember a single thing in that video, but I, I feel <laughs> like my hot take is we should all look this up and like actually do it um, as far as storage goes. Cause you know, going back to your avocado idea, some of these fruits, you know, you like throw them in the dark for a little bit. Seems like they, uh, you know, like when that Soften. thing gets soft pretty fast, but you probably throw it in the fridge, right? Fridge or the other fruits that don't go in the fridge for us just sit on the counter next to the toaster. Like we don't do anything right. magical with them. I Like lemons and clementines, I guess I always put those in the fridge, but I guess technically they could sit out. I'm not sure. I feel like they're sitting out at the grocery store. Right. I mean, I guess you're just, you're probably just delaying the growth of bacteria, right? Is the whole point of the fridge, but I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's, it does not seem like it's necessarily straightforward with some of these fruits. And I agree. Veggies. It seems like it's a free for all, do whatever you want to do sort of thing. I definitely remember the man hacking one vegetable and putting it in a cup of water and being like, this will last for three weeks. And I was like, okay, well, well that was probably asparagus. How does everyone not know that? I think it was asparagus. That we do. She cuts it you... and then it sits in a cup. But if you oh, buy okay. it from the store, it's not sitting in a cup. So I don't know what that's Correct. all about. Seems like it's always wet, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's in that <laughs> section where they're just blowing mist on. Wet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty sick. That doesn't seem like a safe storage nice. sanitary yeah, agree. thing. Yeah. I agree. Who's checking wow. the nozzles on those things? Like, it's kind of sickening. I know. It's some high school kid. <laughs> yeah. Sticking it. He's like picking his nose and sticking his fingers up there <laughs> and pressing on something. <laughs> All right. What do we got left? Just garbage? Uh, let's see here. That's garbage. That's garbage. Nice. Um, mine's not uh, revolutionary by any means, so I'll go. My garbage this week is people in the self-checkout line with carts full of shit. Just like full carts. Um, we talked about this on the old version of the podcast uh, with Matril, and then probably a few months ago, Matchel sent me a picture of it again. It was just, it was a perfect picture. It looked like he was in a Walmart, sent me a picture of a flicker in the self-checkout line. He had like the full size, like Sam's club size cart. And it was an unfathomable amount of pop chips and cheese in this cart. That's all the man had. He looked like he had to ring up 50 items worth of pop chips and cheese. I don't know if he was, it seriously oh, looked like he was stacking a concession stand or something, but I get the feeling he was maybe just taking all that stuff home. But uh, yeah, perfect example of a guy that should not be in a self-checkout line. Uh, anyone with like 50 items in a cart. Garbage. Yeah, that sucks because I feel like I've also been the person that's like, okay, do I want to go stand in this other line? like with four people with the exact same cart in front of me, or do I want to go over this checkout line, like self checkout line? That's, you know, pretty much empty. And I would say that almost every single time I get done, um, doing the, like my own self checkout, it does seem like it takes long enough where it's like, I just should have went and waited in that other line because it seems like the person's going to have to come over three or four times. Oh yeah. Something like will I'll go scan wrong. something, yeah. send it down. It'll say like, please put your item on the, on the, like on the, the tray or whatever, you know, or on the scale or whatever. I'm like, I'm like, okay, well it's sitting right there. So I don't know. I don't know what we're doing here. 
And then I got to call the lady over. Yeah, every single time. Did uh, you it's place pretty a embarrassing. Bag? Did you place a bag in the bagging area? Did you place your item in the bag? Yeah. Yeah, please place your item in the bagging area. Yeah, that that haunts me in my sleep sometimes, that <laughs> phrase. Um, but yeah, that's that's reason. That's very reasonable, I think. Because uh, if I have like three items and I'm sitting there and watching a bunch of people unloading stuff from a cart, that yeah, that is like You that. got a guy unloading 50 cases of Sprite onto the self-checkout? That sucks. Yeah. So my that's garbage. It's just the uh, find my app. Um, I have always hated this thing. I don't think it works. I uh, actually stumbled ac- across like, obviously it comes like default on your phone. Um, I saw like if you Google it and the app comes up as if like you could download it on a, you know, like a, like a desktop or something. It actually has 2.8 stars. And this was so relieving to me that other people feel this way about this thing. So, I mean, keep in mind one is the minimum 1.0 is the minimum. So, that's one than it is to five. Uh, My latest dilemma lost one of my AirPods. I, it's not that thing does not leave my apartment. So it's got to be in here somewhere. Uh, Basically, I hit find my AirPod um, on the thing. Nothing happens. It just says it's here. It's in the apartment. Um, It says, um, you know, do you want to ring your AirPod? I'm like, yes, perfect. Ring. Nothing happens. Cannot connect. Uh, not so I will just never find it. Finally broke down and ordered another one. So that thing's going to show up any minute now, but just works. super yeah. frustrating. Also, um, say I'm trying to find the location of my wife, go to find my, it seems like more times than not, it says she's in New York city, which is where she lived eight years ago. So it's just all <laughs> a little bit frustrating. Now I that, say. S- uh, that app sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize it sucked till you just started talking because I was kind of like, when you said that, I was like, I don't have problems with that app. But then a few of those things you just said, I agree with. It seems like sometimes I'm going to ping it and it won't like, it'll be like, it's here, but you can't, that is a sound. huge, that is a huge deal. That is a huge problem. That's the whole point is I'm supposed <laughs> yeah. to be able to ding it. That's why I buy your stupid ass overpriced products. So I have this feature where if I lose it, I can ding it and go find it. Yeah. Yes. All it says is it's in the apartment. That's all it says. Yeah. I'm like, great. And as far as people I share location with, my wife is one of them as well. And now that you say that, a lot of the times, like, if I need to know like how close she is to home or something, I'll look at it and be like, is she 10 minutes away? And it's like huge blue circle, like over my entire city. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess I just, she's in there somewhere. That's what it says. It says she's in this area. She's in the blue area, but we can't determine where. Oh, perfect. So she's in the city. That's great. (laughs) I knew that. Yeah. (laughs) It's useful. Yeah. Yeah. That app sucks. So, um, yeah, that felt like I was just, Super happy to see that uh, other people think that app sucks. Um, you'd think it by now would not be that hard. Um, also, I'll throw it out there. I need to save my other million dollar idea, but can, million dollar idea. Can we just get like a find my thing that works for a golf ball so I can just I know where it is. Even if I just know it's in the water, then I can like live with that. Um, not being able to track my golf ball where exactly it goes at this point in time seems insane. Yeah, it does. It doesn't seem like it'd be that big of an ask. It seems like a type of ball that would cost, I don't know, $10 maybe. Cause it shouldn't be more than like a Bluetooth connection. Like you can definitely get within a couple hundred feet of your golf ball. So 
what would be so hard about having some sort of like radio in there? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll save that for another time. Uh, good call though. That that is garbage. That seems kind of unreasonable. We're not doing that yet. Uh, that's that's all the intro segments. So we're about an hour in. Um, I don't think we're gonna end up breaking the hour time limit we set. So let's get into the games. Uh, last week playoff games. I just kind of wanted to run down these. If you had any thoughts, um, we can go through them. But we'll start with the Ravens and Texans. Uh, Ravens put a whooping on the Texans. What would you think, Trav? Baltimore's maybe pretty legit or a product of maybe Texans were just kind of that miracle story that made it far and that wasn't a real test. Some of some of both for sure, I think. I know it seemed like you and Bupper were kind of riding the Texans train a little bit. I was kind of leaning the other way. Nine and a half to me just feels like, you know, they're pretty confident Baltimore is going to win by the game's a two-score game, basically. Uh, ESPN bet boosted it. Which should scare you off whenever you see a side boosted, yeah. I think. Yeah. But um, boosted it from like minus one ten to plus one ten. I'm a sucker for plus odds every time, so I was basically getting the line I wanted at plus one ten. I said, "All right, I'm just going to do it." So got in on that. Um, so that wasn't that was an easy one. What they won, they dominated the second half there. It seemed like they had snake. the ball the entire game. Like I was actually at a brewery and I was kind of trying to keep an eye on our two-year-old nephew at one point and i was also like watching the screen and every time i looked up it just seemed like the texans were going three and out and baltimore was going to hold on to the ball for five minutes um it just wasn't wasn't super competitive and then obviously 10 10 at the half uh 24 0 second half for the ravens 24 0 wow yeah um and for the record that was the free bet i lost was i waffled Oh waffled God. and waffled and i liked a few different bets and i was bouncing them off uh some buddies in a group chat i think every bet i said i liked and i was debating one except the one i went with uh which was gus edwards to score he did take a goal line handoff so you can't ask for much more than that but the man was stuffed at the line that was tough early too, it's, like first drive of the game i think yeah that was painful i was i was pulling for you i just kept waiting waiting for something to happen there I was like, this is going to work out, but no, just no. Um, you know, it's kind of cool how Lamar just kind of dominates these games. You look at this, you look at the box score and you're just like, you know, minus the TD number. You just, you know, it's really not, you really wouldn't know unless you watch a game, I guess. I mean, you only had 152 yards passing, uh, 73% clip though. And then, uh, he did have a hundred yards rushing, I guess. 11 carries. Russians, no joke. So yeah, yeah, that's no joke. Yeah. So I'm um, pretty good on the ground, but really didn't, I mean, he threw the ball. Okay. But he, I mean, he really wasn't asked to throw the ball down the field, I guess. Um, so, um, yep. Didn't he dominated the game? Looked like the NFL MVP. So do they vote on that already or do they watch the playoffs and then vote? No, I think they, I think it's a regular season award. Okay. But they don't give it till the year's over. Because I was yep. actually going back and forth. I was like, I know he's going to win the MVP, or did he already win it? I couldn't even remember. So he has no, not he, won it. He has, no, he hasn't won. Okay. Um, agreed, though. Uh, Lamar's just fun to watch. Um, and I do wonder if he's going to kind of meet his match this weekend, but we'll get to that. Uh, Packers and Niners. I got to admit, Trev, I fell asleep 
during this game, fourth quarter, it was probably like a reasonable hour. I think it was like 11. And um, I when I was falling asleep on the couch, I was thinking to myself, like, damn, I can't believe the Packers are going to win. And then I woke up, did one of those things where you like wake up at like 2 a.m. and you're like, oh, shoot, I fell asleep on the couch. So I brushed my teeth, went up to bed. I was still thinking about it. I was like, I can't believe the Packers beat the 49ers. I woke up in the morning and I was like, maybe I better check the score. And that was the first time I comprehended the fact that the 49ers won. Wasn't until the following morning. So must have been some sort of heroics at the end of that game or nice little comeback because I want to say the Packers were up like 10 or 7 when I when I fell asleep and I was feeling pretty confident. Yeah, it did it did feel like maybe Green Bay was like going to make a run. Um I guess 15 points in the third quarter for Green Bay. That might have been when they made their run there, Snake. Uh so maybe the score was 18 to I can't remember. Uh, 21-7 or something maybe. I'm not sure. But um yeah, I this was kind of my uh, Gus Edwards game for me. I needed an Aaron Jones TD here desperately hit the first three legs of a parlay needed uh yeah had four units riding on Aaron Jones the man ran for 110 yards but could not could not weasel his any way any close calls down there stuff down there once yeah so <laughs> um four up. units for me at least it wasn't 50 uh silver lining um this game to me uh the 49ers look mortal I would say um you know because I feel like they're when they're playing well they're pretty darn going to be pretty darn hard to beat but um green bay really exceeded expectations this year i thought they played really well uh they had the kicker bone the kick at the end i, I didn't guess. realize i hadn't seen the kick so that's they missed a kick and ultimately lost by three yes uh geez it feels like this was so long ago but um yeah because it was a full week ago but yeah it looks like it was with like six minutes left in the game and then they gave up a 12 play five-minute drive to lose 49ers went down the field and scored so it does look like green bay didn't have the lead i guess until the third quarter so it was seven six at the half and then green bay took the lead oh actually and then looks like the 49ers answered right back so i don't know when you fell asleep there was a period of time where it was 21 to 14 yeah i five minutes left in the third how long were you out for Five minutes left in the third. I feel like I fell asleep in the fourth quarter, but yes, okay. a couple hours I was out for. So sometime between, it must have been at twenty one fourteen, and San Francisco punted. So yeah, it was it was probably third quarter. I must have just been confused on that. But at that point, I thought Green Bay really had that thing locked up. Um, uh, Niner Niner scored with uh, a minute eleven left, for what it's worth. To yeah, take that the was, lead. That was the five. They were down. Drive. They were down four, so they did need a TD there, obviously. And uh, yeah, they did punch it in. I feel like Green Bay. Uh, oh, the interception at the end was weird. Uh, felt very forced. Didn't look like anyone from Green Bay ever could have caught that pass in a million years. Unnecessary um, oh, or something? Yeah, threw it back over the middle. Um. But there was like, I feel like there was like a minute left and they were all ready to midfield. Uh, oh, and the they Packers, just needed so. a field goal. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of wild, but I mean, I don't know. That's one of those things. Uh, I was uh, watching the Niners guy run around with that interception, just praying he would fumble uh, just for 
you know, the storyline. That would have been something. I kind of felt like he was gonna too. The man just kept cutting it back and cutting it back and cutting it back. And I feel like even the announcers were screaming at him, like, he needs to go down. He's gotta go down. Uh he did not want to though. He's trying to get in the end zone. Yeah, he was trying to hit the over for me, I think. <laughs> um all right, anything else there? We'll move on to the Lions beating the Bucks. 31-23. Uh first shout out's gotta go to Bupper, nailing the Baker Mayfield pick. The man was confident early, in it. Early and then too. first drive of the game. Deep shot. Is that a third down shot or a second down? Whatever it was, it didn't feel super necessary to be hucking it deep like that. That was two it was third. It was third and seventeen. So it was like a yeah, it was like a really shitty punt. Um no, not even a shitty punt. He basically moved the ball ahead like four yards with that maneuver. Um, but yeah, Bupper was all over that. Got the Baker Mayfield pick. Um, I don't know. I thought that game was pretty much just like Jared Goff didn't do anything stupid. He actually played pretty well again. I'm kind of rooting for that guy. He looks like he's getting comfortable back there. I don't know. Um, ever since he got traded for Stafford, I'm always kind of like rooting for Jared Goff. I find myself rooting in a for weird guy. in a weird way. Yeah. I actually just kind of never hated him. Uh even when I watched him on like Hard Knocks, I actually thought he was seemed like kind of a chill dude. Did, never seemed like uh overbearing despite being like the California guy, first overall pick, uh, you know, I don't know the whole the whole yeah. thing. But easily seemed like, you know, just on paper would have been a douche, but actually seems like a pretty pretty cool guy. This uh, also feels to- like first time I'm taking the Lions a little more serious i'm like yeah mm. some of these running backs are are the the gibbs guy is impressive and then the saint brown dude is good too i've yeah, been watching just, these people all year so I'm like, i was just gonna throw it out there i just feel like we didn't talk a lot of nfl this year but this almond raw saint brown is just incredible oh yeah i'm probably just preaching to the choir at this point but i mean this man had 14 targets in this game oh my god uh, he grabs, uh, 77 yards in TD and, um, yeah, Jared Goff looked good. Like you mentioned, 30 of 43, 287 yards, uh, two TDs just didn't make any mistakes, which is good. I did see a tweet that was kind of like talking about how I feel like the Lions got a little bit bashed for this last, uh, first round draft pick, uh, their first round draft picks in general. I think they took Gibbs, which everyone said was kind of a reach, they took Jack Campbell, the Iowa linebacker. I think everyone said it was a reach. Uh, there's another guy there too. I'm blanking on, but basically they were talking about how all these guys are like key players now. Oh, Laporta maybe. Um, yeah, they're. I mean, they're all like they're all gonna win. Or like if you made like an all rookie team, they're all on it at their position. So yeah, just goes to show you. You know, you think you overdraft somebody. <laughs> it's like, no, maybe maybe these people were actually like yeah. underdrafted. Um, you know, so oh, um, I will, them. yeah, they're on, they're on a run. Um, yeah, they're, they're big. I, I'm not ready to say they're. I'm not ready to say they're legit. Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, uh, they're legit, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah. They're they're facing the big boys this week, obviously. So, I, and the only other thing I, that just occurred to me, I do remember feeling really bad. Um, for Baker Mayfield, surprisingly, I didn't expect myself to, but when he threw that pick at the end. You could tell he was like, as soon as he let it go, it was like, why did I do that? Picked off, and they shot the camera to him. He had his hands on the helmet. It's like, 
kind of feel bad for this guy. I was, and I also just kind of wanted to see them drive down the field, keep it interesting. But right, yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, I had the under and the Bucks plus six and a half. So all I needed to do took the dog out. Bucks were down fourteen. Under was in play. Just couldn't let the Bucks drive down the field, score a TD, and not get the two. <laughs> Came back in with the dog. Looked at the looked the scoreboard. Sure enough. Bucks were down eight. I'm like, hmm, that seems weird. Uh, it's almost like they drove down the field, scored, and then didn't get the two-point conversion. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, missed both in that game, which really sucked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Somehow missed both those. A lot of, lot of um, conversation about the two-point conversion, too. It seemed like everyone wanted to talk about that. And then everyone that was arguing about it just wanted to point out that the Titans did it to the Dolphins, and they won doing that method and then what i think is a little bit ironic is i can't really think of another example of a team ever making that work and somebody was bragging about how it was the smartest thing ever and saying like i don't know the rate of people trying it is up four thousand percent this year and i'm thinking but only one team had it work for them like that seems odd it just does i'll never get over it college and nfl both when somebody starts chasing points and going for twos when you don't have to, I've watching it, I feel like it's way less than 50% of the time they're getting it. But it, apparently it the stats feel, say it, it's more than 50%. It, it does feel like it does feel like it. I need the stat is when when someone scores and they are down two D TDs, uh so they get it to eight, and then they go for two. So like when someone scores when they're down two TDs and they have to make that decision, I need the stats on that. Yeah, how's Not that just going? In yes. Yeah, because that's less than fifty percent, right? It certainly, I feels bet everything like it. I own on that. It it's, feels every like time it. it happens. I'm like, don't do this. Why would you do this? Like, don't put yourselves down eight, and they're always down eight. I don't. Yes. Know. Yes. So, um, yeah, I think maybe overall it's fifty one percent, but it feels like when you're going for two. I don't know if you're going up to the line being like, ah, well, I guess we don't really need it or something. And it just it like does, changes your mentality. Whereas when you need it, it seems like they get it. That's what I was just going to say is, and when I watch teams, when they need it, why does it feel like they get it 70% of the time? So I think that's what's happening is yes. people are going for it when they don't need it. They're not getting it. And then when they do need it, they are getting it. And then people are putting those stats together and saying, well, you get it 52% of the time. I think, I think we finally cracked it. Yeah. And again, it's just like, if that is your mentality, why are you not going for two every single time? If you think you have a better chance than 50% to get it, and your argument is, well, we're going to score another touchdown later, so if we don't get this one, we'll get that one, which is not how math works at all. If that's your argument, why would you just not go for two every single time? Unless you think, like, I'm not going to... We might not score the rest of the game, so... I couldn't agree more. How about this? Kick the extra point after the first TD, and then when you tie it up, go for two then. Yeah, go for two, go for two at that point, yeah. Yeah, why you kick it? Yeah, I, I can't. I, I can't. I mean, I get it. I get it, but I it it just doesn't seem like it works like it's supposed to. Yeah, it's like we just talked about. When you don't need to do it, it's less than 50%, I swear. All right. Um, and then lastly, we have the Bills and Chiefs. Rest in peace, Trav. Uh, another another great season, another heartbreaker, buddy. I didn't tell 
I was yeah, not one of those people that standard. sent the apology text. I didn't text you or Bupper. I was thinking about you guys in spirit, but I was like, I'm not gonna. They don't need to see a text from me tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I was good. Yeah, I was getting text from numbers I didn't even have saved in my phone. They're just <laughs> like, hey, rest in peace to your soul. Uh, you did not deserve that. Um, my general thoughts on the whole game kind of felt like it was the Bills' night. I felt like a lot of stuff was going the Bills' way. Like the ball that was bends. bouncing towards. Yeah. yeah. The, I thought the whole game. I think it was the second play. Oh, okay. Diggs fumbled, and then a Bills guy fell on it. And I was like, Jesus, that could have been disastrous. And then ever since then, I feel like several things happened that I was like, that kind of worked out for the Bills. That kind of worked out. Um, the the fumble or the the impromptu fake like punt adjustment, not burning mm-hmm. the bills, like for the Chiefs to go down there and I think it was first and goal from like the two or three and fumble the ball by a razor thin margin. I'm still not sure that guy was up. I can't believe they changed that. And then the ball to shoot through the corner of the end zone like that. Right. That never happens to the team that ultimately wins the game. Uh, right. Right. Ever. Um, yeah. So I agree with you. Um, Allen played like pretty, pretty, pretty well. He did not throw the ball well. Um, he did take some shots down the field where they, obviously they had some drop passes. Um, he made one mistake, basically, uh, the fumble on the last drive. And again, like you mentioned, rolled by three or four chiefs guys. And there was oh, a yeah, Bills that guy was that just jumped one. on it. That's where I was like, okay, I think maybe they're just supposed to win. Um, and that, I think that's what made it so painful. Cause the whole time I really did, it kind of did feel like a game that they would lose. Um, in general, uh, being a bills fan, yeah, just missing too say, many, bo- missing too many bodies on defense for me. So that was hard to watch. Yeah. The chiefs going up and yeah. down the field was hard to watch. It felt like the bills were scoring every drive and that somehow wasn't enough, which yep. was crazy. Yeah, I'll throw it out there. I mean, they didn't score. I think the the throw that Allen makes off balance to Shakir in the back of the end zone, I think that's four minutes left in the third quarter. And they didn't score a single point after that. So to me, it's like the defense didn't play good enough, but they kind of did. I mean, they put them in a position where the Bills just need to drive down and kick one field goal there on their last four drives, and they didn't yeah. do it. So yeah. ultimately, ultimately, if if Allen wants to be like, put in that upper echelon of, you know, Hey, we're like, this is the elite QBs. Like even want to be in the same like breath as Pat Mahomes to me. It's like he needed to win that game. He didn't do it. So that, that was tough to watch. I I think in general, this just never really felt like the year for me personally. The season Uh, didn't feel like, yeah, it wasn't until the game started that I was like, I think they're going to win. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought at the end um, when they were driving, I was like, Oh my God, they're actually, gonna win uh, when they had to kick the field goal i knew he was gonna miss it i was watching that man routinely just every single kick he was kicking seemed to be fading Ag- super hard to the right <laughs> agree, um, agree yeah. one thousand percent as they he were kind of like un- unable to adjust to that for some reason he's a professional kicker i don't really understand uh the bucker guy for what it's worth right down the pipe every single time agree. no problems agree yeah and i felt like the broadcast was being like they were treating that kick like it was a formality. Like they didn't seem in my mind. I'm going, damn, this feels like a really hard kick. That is yes. way farther than they're talking about it. Yes. Being in like they, the last thing I think they said was they were like, yeah, McDermott says 
He loves this guy. If he needs this guy, if he needs him in a big kick, he'll make the kick. I think that's literally the last thing they said. And then, of course, we watched him like push that ball. Yep. Never had a chance. Um, <laughs> it did. I watched it a few times. It started inside the upright for sure. I don't know if he just, if it was news to that guy that the wind was blowing that way or if he had fade on that ball. Dude, I don't know. In general, the man kicks his extra points on the last, on the left hash because he has like a natural draw, which they're supposed to have. And in general, yeah, I mean, that was, that was just painful because like, if you're just insinuating, you're going to draw the ball every time. That's okay. Until you hit like that fade like that yeah. and, and you got the wind pushing it that way i don't know it just, I, but I, agree with, I agree with what you said that as they were kind of settling into that field goal mode where it was like oh i think they're just gonna end up taking a field goal here my first thought was this guy's been kind of fucking around with his kicks the whole night the whole time yep. yeah so um yeah just felt like he was gonna miss it um another thought here the um I know it's like a popular thing to joke about like oh, the refs and the NFL and Goodell. Everyone loves the chiefs and the chiefs get the calls and script. Everything's a script and it's rigged. I did laugh like by myself as I was watching that one play where somebody came across the middle and the bills linebacker threw a shoulder into him, but it was like within the buffer. You're allowed to jam somebody. It was a third down. It was like a critical third down. And there was no flag and there was no flag for multiple seconds. And then it seemed like the chief's offense wasn't leaving the field. And then there was suddenly a flag. I think that yeah. was the latest flag I've ever seen. Again, yeah. I don't think that stuff. I'm not like an NFL is rigged type of guy, but it did feel like somebody radioed down to the ref and is like, Hey buddy, <laughs> throw a flag like that. Yeah. You missed a call. And then weirdly, I don't know if that was pass interference or not. To me, it was to me, it's bang bang. I don't like. I don't think. Um, I, I think I was okay with the with the flag itself. Where I think they should have got together and picked it up is there is no way on earth if that man was sprinting <laughs> as fast as he could that he ever would have gotten to that pass. Like it looked like Pat oh, Mahomes threw so? it. Yeah. No. No. There's <laughs> no way on earth he ever gets to that pass. I. I, I mean. It's so far out in front of him. It looked like he was throwing the ball away. So for him to get slowed up like half a step <laughs> in the balls, eight steps, I mean, that was my problem with it. But uh, overall, it did look like he, I mean, it looks like he interfered with him. Uh, like why he's, if you're going to body him up or if you're going to, you know, jam him a little, I don't know, make well, it a little can, bit less obvious, can, like maybe just get in his way. Yeah, but you're allowed to blast him, I guess, unless the ball's out of the quarterback's hands, which it was really right. close. It was close. Yeah, yeah, it was close. Uh, and because it was so borderline, yeah, probably should have just held the flag, particularly because you waited till three seconds. It was after just, the it felt like it was so, it was yeah. like, like yeah. I said, it felt like somebody radioed down and was like, hey, you missed that call. And then they threw a flag. It was so weird. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just, I don't know. One of those games, man, it's tough to watch. They had so many chances to win it. Felt like they had way more chances to win that game than the Chiefs did, you know? And then they just didn't do it. And yeah. What, it's hard. What um, would be worse, the miss kick or used to giving giving the ball back with the minute forty or whatever it was? Which way did you want to lose if you had um, to lose? Yeah, so I think they probably lose if they kick it back to him. Of course, yeah, that's, that's the, they definitely lose. Yeah, they but lose. Would you rather um, that or the miss kick? So to me, 
I mean, obviously, I, I don't want anyone to feel like Tyler Bass has to feel for the next six months or whatever. I don't know if he'll ever be the same, you know, That's it's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't, there was a point where I was like, Tyler Bass feels like he's a top five kicker in the NFL. Now it seems like he can't really make anything. So I'm not really sure what's going on there, but yeah. So from that standpoint, sure. Give me the, the kick and let Mahomes drive down the field. I will throw it out there that, you know, the first time they played each other, they were in a situation where Mahomes could have driven down the field and won the game and they did stop him. And it was weird at the time. Um, but I'll just start <laughs> out there. You never know. It could have happened too. So um, if I had to pick though, like if your question is, those they're, are my two they're options. They're driving down the field. You're dying by a thousand death by a thousand cuts. It's just a couple, like yeah. eight yards at a time. If, Travis if Kelsey's catching passes, signaling first <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah. They're going down okay. the field. Okay, if that's the definitive ending and then, you know, them scoring to win, yes, give me the missed field goal. But um, okay. in general, I would have preferred the chance for us to get a stop. Another one more fluke yeah, play, you know what I mean? Yep. I was going to say Kadarius Tony to fumble, but um, he unfortunately did not play. <laughs> he didn't play, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, all right, that's fair. Uh, at, to me, that's if I'm watching the Dolphins when they played the Chiefs and if I was in that situation, I... I almost would have turned my TV off before I watched the Chiefs drive down the field and <laughs> kick a field goal, like a chip shot from 15 yards, because I know yeah. that's what would have happened. Um, one one last take for me here, and then I'm going to uh, retire any Bills talk until uh, August. To me, watching that Bills team, that did not look like a team that's going to go to Baltimore next week and beat Baltimore. Um, and then well, on go the to the Super Bowl. The and defense beat was too banged up. Yeah. Whoever the 49ers, like that's just, yeah, their defense is just too decimated. They were running guys out there. I've never <laughs> even seen or heard of. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, 42, I was about ready to prescribe a Xanax for that man, just to tell him to chill out the guy with the dreads. It seemed like he was constantly trying to get into a fight, uh, blanking <laughs> on his name. I think it was like Dorian Williams or something. I think it was a, First or second year guy from Baylor, maybe it's fired up. Uh, he was fired up. All right. Like too fired up. Like someone needed to say, Hey, like I'm, I know you're like, you are blown away that you're out here playing these meaningful snaps in a playoff game, but like you got to chill out a little chill, bit. Just yeah. take like, just take like a deep breath here. We can't really afford a 15 yard penalty. <laughs> yeah. The, there's some stakes on the line in this game. Uh, I know you haven't played, you haven't been in one of these actions since uh, your high school team, but we need you to just chill out. <laughs> um, and then post game, I just wanted to ask you about this. I feel like I saw multiple like talking heads acting like Sean McDermott is in trouble for this performance. I can't imagine that's real, right? No, I think, I mean, I think they're happy with where he's at, right? Compared yeah. to where they were. It's easy to forget where you were. Uh, now that it's, you know, they've had so many 10 win seasons in a row. Obviously, they won the AFC East here. Yeah, they're just doing, uh, quite the, a they're few doing the Cowboys thing. They're starting the Cowboys they are, thing. They are, and uh, McDermott has proven that it seems like in the regular season he can show up and they can the Bills can legitimately beat anyone, but when the stakes are high, he's he just loses a lot of these playoff games. Keep in mind, they haven't been in an AFC championship game since, what, 2020? They lost the last three years. Like that's pretty disappointing, man. Yeah. Like the fact that he couldn't show up one of these years and win one of these big games. 
Uh, I'll throw it out there. You said it's the Cowboys thing. To me, it's the James Franklin thing. He just doesn't yeah, seem like he can win these big twice. games. Yeah. yeah, it's dude, it's it's rough, man. It's really rough. But uh, you know what they say. Uh, there's always next year. Uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll figure it out. Uh, it does feel like maybe they, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not ready to say the window's closed. Um, it's hard because I think some, some of, of these dollar I think, thing going on with Josh Allen's contract that it was like insane next year. I feel like I feel like we do this every year, every off season for every QB. And then they just don't they just give them more money up front and then just push yeah. money back. I'm I think we sure. just pretend like there's a cap problem. I'm not really sure. I think the biggest thing is, uh, you know, obviously Vaughn, there's some there's some money that you can save. I think in general, some of the guys are. Uh, aging out. I think the big thing is Poyer and Hyde. Those are going to be the kind of the uh, yeah. two big ones. Feels like they lost a step, and then I don't know. But you also don't want to lose them from the leadership quality. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't think the window's closing. I think Rod Squad's a little worried about the window. Um, I'd but, be uh, absolutely ecstatic if Jordan Poyer's not playing on the Bills next year because that guy's <laughs> it's not fun to have him back there when you're rooting for the team playing the Bills, uh, and then. As far as the McDermott thing goes, I did see in his presser. Did you see that quote he put out? I, I wrote his quote down. He said... Um, it's weird. It's sociopathic for sure. It says, that was a really tough loss, but sometimes your plane hits the Pentagon and sometimes it hits a field in Pennsylvania. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. That's not the one I thought you were referencing. Oh my god, you had me on edge there for a yeah, second. You were trying to process that. I could tell. Like what? Pentagon? I was like, I was like, why would he make another nine eleven? <laughs> sometimes your plane hits the Pentagon. Sometimes it hits a field in Pennsylvania. I saw that on Twitter. I thought that was pretty funny, actually. Uh, I didn't see any real quotes from him, but we better move on. Let's get to the to the games at hand here. Uh, we'll just start with the earlier game in the day. Chiefs and Ravens. Uh, I guess this line is technically moving towards the Ravens. So I'm seeing Ravens favored by four at this point. Uh, total 46. Or no, sorry, 44 and a half. Opened at 46 and a half. So the total's moving down a little bit. Um, outside of the game itself, uh, I will say pissing rain Sunday night. I think it's going to carry into, or sorry, Saturday night. I think it's going to carry into Sunday as well. I don't know if Sunday's going to be a monsoon, but it's going to be a monsoon here tonight. So I don't know if that affects, I don't know if it's a pissing rain game or not, but it's, it might be teetering on the edge of pissing rain. So that's something to monitor for your plays. here. Okay. Okay, I think all my plays work out well with that. I did not know that was a component to this at all. It's going to rain. I just don't know if it's going to be like terrible downpour rain the whole game. Okay. Um, So from that aspect, like right away, I kind of liked the under. I don't know what to do with that Chiefs offense, seeing them race up and down the field. That doesn't really feel like a data point last week. Like they looked like the greatest offense in the world, but they were playing those guys like we talked about uh, 44 for the Bills or whoever who's never been on an NFL field. So kind of hard to take a judgment from that. Um, I just feel like the Ravens D, I mean, they just kind of shut down the Texans. Those guys seem legit. I could see this being a lower scoring effort from the Chiefs. 
And I also think the Chiefs D is pretty damn good. I mean, the Bills kind of had a lot of success there, but it wouldn't shock me if Lamar struggles in this game a little bit. I kind of like the under uh, immediately from all those aspects. Yeah, I think I'm with you. In general, um, I'm not playing the full game under. This is a weird one, but I am going to play the second half under. <laughs> How... And you're thinking that that's pretty wild. Um, but I read this, that uh, Chiefs games, I don't know what the phenomenon is here, but the Chiefs games have hit 17 of 19 second, second half unders this year so far. I mean, that's like 90%. I don't know if there's some phenomenon where it's close. Uh, the number's 21 and a half too, which is a nice little number. Okay. So I'm getting um, in on this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 17 and two this year unders uh, for the second half in chiefs games. Uh, the range should probably help that. It does feel like the chiefs have this phenomenon where they play just good enough to win, uh, regardless of who they play in the second yeah, half. Agreed. So yeah. Um, I, yeah. It's kind of a wild one. Uh, you know, if I'm leaning under in general, I feel like whenever you're leaning under a total in general, it typically kind of favors the team catching some points. Uh, maybe not when it's only three and a half or four points, but in this case, uh, that's, you know, I'm kind of rolling with that idea here. Uh, in general, principal play, Pat Mahomes, 10, one and one against the spread as an underdog, five and zero. Oh, against the spread as an <laughs> underdog of more than three points. And he won eight of the 12 outright for what it's worth. So this line feels like it's going the wrong way to me. Uh, you can get this at, I got this at three and a half. You can get it at four. Um, I'm going to be rooting for the Ravens, obviously, uh, but um, I'll root for him to win by a field goal here. Um, Agreed. I'll, I'll take, is... take the take the Chiefs catching all those points. Yeah, this has got emotional heads written all over it. I'm, I know before this ball kicks off, I'm going to bet the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs getting more than a field goal to me was surprising. And Mahomes on the road as an underdog, like that just feels silly. I don't know. Dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two other plays for me. I, yeah, you did uh, hit the nail on the head here. I do have a couple of prop plays for you. I got, uh, I think the rain probably helps out with this. I have Pacheco. Uh, over 63 and a half yards. He's hit this number in six of his last eight games. He's averaging 83 yards per game in the last eight games. Ravens D weirdly not good against the run snake. I'm seeing seventh most yards per rush in the league, 4.6 yards a carry. So if you're uh, doing the math at home, that's basically we need 14 carries for Pacheco to hit that number, uh, which he's hit in, which he's had in 11 of his last 14 games. So um, I was actually feeling a little frisky here. I, I tease this to 70 plus plus 125. Wow. Um, yeah, that's surprising. I did not look at the, um, I mean, Pacheco running for more than 63 yards or whatever that number was. I kind of love that. Also think it could be another situation. I loved Lamar's rushing total last week. I'm sure it's kind of corrected a little bit. It's probably closer to 60 or 70 yards this week, but I could see him doing it again. The yeah. man is going to take off, and he's probably going to rip off a couple 25-yard runs. So <laughs> right, right, right. He's going to get a lot of that at once. Um, I'd be curious to look at Mahomes' rushing total, too, because I also feel like that guy's It's usually like 20 yards and... It's a coin flip whether he runs for like 25 yards at once. Too. Right. 
particularly particularly in the big games he he really seems to uh always down the know, sideline too throw like, a little throw a little dagger in my heart yeah. uh you know that one down the sideline yeah where you think he's gonna go out of bounds and he gets like 15 more yards and then yep. as soon as he gets hit he flops i, I he throws his hands up yeah <laughs> yeah that stuff's rough that stuff's rough uh one other play for me in this game i'm taking i think bucker kind of just wooed me last week with how good that guy is i'm taking over six and a half points for him this is just basically a roundabout way of betting him to kick two field goals because you you have to figure at some point he's going to kick at least one extra point so he's made two field goals in his last four uh, and five of his past six also i'll throw this out that the ravens have the second best uh, red zone d allowing tds uh which is remarkably they're only giving up a td on 40.8% 40.8% of red zone drives. So it feels like a lot of um, red zone trips with not a lot of TDs maybe for the Chiefs. So uh, this kind of feels like a match made in heaven. I'm going to take Butker over six and a half points, which is uh, minus 105. I think it's on FanDuel. So like that one a lot too. I like that. Um, good research on that thing too. Uh, Non-research based, but I just know this will happen. I will be betting Gus Edwards plus one thirty-five to score because I needed him to score last week, so he will <laughs> score this week. Probably twice. Yep. Probably twice. Yeah. Um, so uh, life on the line here. Ravens or Chiefs? Who wins this game? Uh, Chiefs. I think Chiefs. I want Ravens. I think Chiefs. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm with you. Yeah. I. Somebody said like this should have been obvious months ago but somebody i read something like the taylor swift shots were going to get at the super bowl and i was immediately like oh that that makes a lot of sense like, why did that, i not think of that that is gonna happen yeah like, <laughs> yes yes <laughs> like why am i just uh, realizing we're gonna be watching yeah, sh- taylor swift shame on me yeah shame on me for being so like naive just like i that's appalling like how stupid i was not picturing that happening taylor yeah. swift at the super bowl yes. yeah um <laughs> So do yeah, with that information. Matches, speaking of matches will. made in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can get chiefs close to like two to one on a couple books. So I'm looking yeah. at Fandle right now. It's plus plus one eighty. So I'll probably sprinkle some of that too. Uh, again, emotional hedge to some extent there. Okay. The other game I feel like I have stronger feelings on. So the 49ers are now favored by, okay. It hasn't really moved seven points over the lions. Pretty big spread feels like um, totals 51 and a half. So that's high as well. Uh, I don't know where you're at. I feel like we might end up on the same page here. My head says lions all day. Like all the metrics, I feel like say lions. I saw lions are five and one against the spread in their last six. And San Fran's kind of doing the other thing. They're 13 two, and six, uh, 13 and six. I think lions against the spread yeah, this like year best, too. Best NFL best. Yeah. San Fran. I've got two and four against the spread in the last six. They're Oh, and six in their last six at home against the spread. Oh my God. But my heart is telling me, I know how this goes and the 49ers aren't losing to this meathead team. Right. It's just, yeah, I think the dream yeah. dies. Here. Unfor- unfortunately, this is boring. We are on the exact same page here yet yeah. again. Okay, I was kind of I was kind of thinking of that's where it was going when you made that remark earlier about the Lions. So this is the end of the Lions. Um they lose by more than 7. Might not be close, right? This could uh, be a 20 point win. Yeah, I can't believe you haven't uttered the phrase yet. A L- little bit of Jimmy's and Joe's here for me. 
<laughs> Jimmy's and Joe's, really? Yeah. No stats to back that up, but this feels like it gets out of hand. Uh, the fact that that line has moved to seven and a half too tells me this line is it's this game is going to get out of hand. Okay, so I can't really wait any longer. If I'm going to bet and, Niners, I got to place this bet. I will be I will be rooting for the Lions for what it's worth, but um, yeah. Um, Christian McCaffrey is minus three hundred to score on FanDuel. That is that's insane. I think these guys played each other, by the way, already. Am I making that up? Um, maybe. The Lions beat the Chiefs this year. Did they also beat the 49ers? No, I think the 49ers. I thought the 49ers whipped up on them. Oh, it might have been the, sorry, might have been the Ravens whipped up on the Lions, uh, not the 49ers. Okay. Ravens whipped up on 49ers too, right? The Ravens are just, they're solid. Yep. Somehow uh, they're going to lose this week though, aren't they? The Ravens, yeah. Yeah. Um, any other any juicy props in this one, Trav? Yeah, I I should have prefaced uh, all this by saying I, I did bring some ammo here. So let me see what I got for this one. Uh, Brock Purdy over seven and a half yards rushing. Just because he doesn't really do this a lot, but the Lions defense has given up. 700 rushing yards to opposing QBs, which is the most in the NFL by far. The next worst team at defending QB runs is the Dolphins. They give up 525 yards. So for some reason, I'm like, that seems weird. Maybe it's a coincidence. But then I started kind of picturing Aiden Hutchinson taking one of those like big ass loops to get after the QB, (laughs) like play after play. And I was like, oh, this actually might make some sense. Um, I think that stat is probably a little simpler than you're making it out to be. That's just from playing Justin Fields and Jordan Love and who's the other? Lamar. <laughs> probably. They played Lamar once, right? We said. <laughs> yeah, Lamar. So yeah, probably probably a handful of big like almost 100-yard type games in there. But Kirk Cousins? Kirk Oh, Kirk Cousins would be the other NFC North team. Yeah, he's good on his feet. Uh, no, they probably played Josh Dobbs, right? That could be more rushing yards. Might oh, there you go. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to bet Brock Purdy to throw two TD passes. I The Brock Purdy conversation is, I think, beyond annoying at this point. It's like trying to figure out whether this guy's good. It's like, I don't really care. They're winning and he continues to play well. So I might find right. like the best odds I can agree get more. on it. Yeah. And I think he probably throws a couple TDs against these guys. So seems seems pretty reasonable. Actually, if if that's anywhere near like even odds, you got to let me know about that. It's not near even odds, but I'm guessing three touchdowns, which is asking a lot, is going to be very juicy. I think two TDs was like minus 180 or something I saw. So I don't know if that really gets your jollies going, but um Brock Purdy alternate passing TDs three plus is like plus one ninety. I might be sprinkling some of that too. Could just see him lobbing yeah, some easy could, touchdowns. He could go. Th- he could go three in the first half. That would not blow me away. Yep. I mean that's a high total too. Uh, and you're going to be competing with Christian McCaffrey scoring probably two or three times. But assuming the 49ers put up close to thirty points, I think he could throw three touchdowns. 
speaking of which, might as well get this out there. Uh, did look ahead to some Super Bowl props already. I'm pretty excited. Nice. Uh, I saw the Christian McCaffrey plus 650 right now. Obviously, because I like the Niners' chances to win. Uh, did jump in on that. Uh, Super Bowl MVP plus 650 right now. You got to think he's probably going to be closer to, I don't know, what, plus 200 or something before the game kicks off. Maybe not that Maybe not that high. Um, but uh, did, I did get that on, I think, FanDuel maybe, plus 650. If you're interested in that, that feels like a lot of great value um, for when they win this game. Yep. And if you believe in the Lions, uh, which there's probably not a lot of you out there, Jared Goff is plus 1,200 and... I guess there's no other scenario of someone on the Lions winning the MVP, really. I mean, it's obviously it's possible, but I mean, it would probably take, you know, like three scores from Jameer Gibbs or something. Yeah, something like or that. Or 12 grabs from Amon Ross St. Brown or I don't know. I, I almost like this bet on Christian McCaffrey more than what you just said. You can bet the first touchdown score of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey plus 650, same odds. If the 49ers if play in that game, he's probably scoring the first touchdown for the Niners. What What if he scores the second, third, and fourth TDs of the game, though? Yeah, that would hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think they're going to be in the Super Bowl, and I think he'll score the first touchdown for the Niners, so we're down to a 50% chance at that point. Okay. And I'm looking <laughs> yeah. at plus 650 there. You start rationalizing it that way. I kind of like that, yeah. Um. Yeah, other than that, so what are we looking at? 3 o'clock and 6.30 Eastern, I think. Um, just cherish these ones, because this is this is yeah. just about it. Unless you're Bupper, uh, and you're going to be keeping uh, eyes on the Pro Bowl. That's right. Uh, we didn't talk uh, We didn't talk about uh, Mark Andrews at all. Um, he's playing in this game. Uh, oh, you right. saw that officially. Yep. Yeah, I tried to, hit, tried to hit that total earlier in the week, because I was like, this guy's going to play. And got announced that he's going to play yesterday. Went to the went to his totals. They did not move. So everyone, I guess everyone already knew this, that he was going to play. I heard he was practicing. So, um, thought you had, I think he was practicing even last. Yeah. I thought he was even practicing last week. So anyways, his reception yards total in this game is 35 and a half yards. And, uh, he's had, he's had that in every single, in all nine games, he started and finished this year, except for one where he had 35. So he's at 35 in all nine games he started and finished this year. So I'm going to take my chances here. This man gets eight to 10 targets and catches and gets 36 yards receiving. Okay. Yeah. What, what was his injury? Was it leg or something? Yeah. I think what they kind of said he was out for the year and then backtracked and we're like, Oh, maybe actually he could play. And then um, he got back just in time. It's ankle. My only worry there is he makes that first like little pop pass catch. And then we kind of see him like limping off the field a little bit. And he comes back in and doesn't do it. I did think lot. I did think about that. I did think about that. Obviously, obviously you're running that risk with anybody, of course, but yeah, uh, he's maybe more at risk. You're saying, cause he's, cause he's coming back from injury. So yeah. Um, it's the guy that's overly excited to play and he's playing. With let's just hope it's like, a third, shot. yeah, I'm just going to hope it's like a 38 yard grab where he gets uh, knocked down. <laughs> he's wide open over the middle. Tripped up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice little nugget at the end there, too. Good call. Okay. Um, other than that, those are the games. Looking forward to them. Damn. Sounds good. Any text line action, Snake? Did not check the 
the text line. I feel like we've done some outside text line conversations about your uh, male-born working theory. Fathers that uh, father males, and we've had some great ones. I don't know if we need to get into that, but just want to report back the theory is holding up quite well. Yeah, um, I did get some recent ones. Uh, it seems like one of the Eagles fans really likes to pass those along to me. Um, a lot of his buddies uh, from his hometown that are like the most like macho men, just absurdly large men that you would picture having, you know, a bunch of boys. They all have girls, he said. So that's throwing me off a little bit. Um, but I'd say from more of, you know, people in the in the public, like limelight, you know, people that we all know, like celebrities wise, it does seem to be holding up for what it's worth. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh it's good to be fair. Might be something in the water in that town, but Joe Rogan have children? Did yeah, we already we, do this? We did, did we look into him? Joe Rogan and somebody made a call on the kids, and then I added though, I think we have a blended family situation. So I'm oh, not that's sure. Right, that's right. I don't know whose kids belong to whose there, but Okay, I'll throw it out. What about Dana White? Did we do Dana White? I think Dana White is boy and girl. Dana White's kid played football at like BYU or something. He was buddies with that Rams receiver. I'm seeing two. I'm seeing uh, two boys, one girl. Two for three. Dana White's a good one. I mean, it seems like worst case, it's fifty percent. I'll just throw it out there. Yeah, and so far, I feel like submission wise that we reviewed, it's it's close to seventy percent. I'm trying to think who's the most like macho man uh, coach that you know. Macho man coach um, in professional sporting. That's, yeah, uh, we can even say. I mean, any college strength coach. <laughs> there you go. Uh, That's a good one. Who's the most famous college? Uh, is it the Oregon guy? Yeah, unfortunately, probably the Oregon guy. How about that guy that coached at Penn State? Oh, you know, the one I did love was Kale Sanderson. I think I looked up two for two or three for three on boys there. Aaron Feld. Is the air is that sounds right, right? The Oregon That's strength Oregon's, coach. Yeah. Let's see how many kids that guy has. Looks like he is holding a child here. Um he's got at least close things out. <laughs> he's got at least one son here. Burgess. That, that guy remind you of like a Walmart Pat McAfee a little bit. <laughs> Walmart Pat McAfee. I see what you mean. Uh, he's kind of sneaky ginger. Yeah, I got. I can only see one. I can only see one kid here. Um, it looks like, and it's a. It is a male, of course. <laughs> okay, sounds like one for one there. <laughs> yeah, one for one there. It looks like. Oh wow, he's kind of almost looks like he's got a little bit of a gut though too. It's kind of weird. Oh, that's you gotta check out that guy's Instagram. It's a lot of just him taping himself, which is not very surprising, but also. Ah, uh, you know, somewhat, I think you know, uh, what, yeah, you know what you're getting there. Somewhat surprising. Jesus, we should really let's close out with this. We ne- really need to check in on Northwestern strength coach. Is there any chance that guy's still around? No, no, that man's single. I believe he said he did not have time to date women, so he probably doesn't have any children. Yeah, Alex Spanos. Is he still at Northwestern? Tough to say. I don't know if he was involved in the downfall or tried to claim that shirt was an XL. 
I do remember that. Go Cats, all gas, no brakes in his bio, but he has a private account. But I think he's still at uh, Northwestern, for the record. And I believe you're right. I don't think he has time to date. So probably no Cats. That man, that man is from New Jersey. I promise you that. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's close with that. Uh, so that's episode 66. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we did not do a good job of checking the text line, but we'll do it next week. So hit us up. Uh, give it to him, Trav. 4242429156. Uh, don't forget to uh, throw us a, some five stars on Spotify. Uh, like us on Instagram and Twitter. Yep. And uh, yeah, send us all your send us all your good stuff. Uh, we're already looking forward to our Super Bowl prop bets. I guess that'll have to be what next. Next weekend? No, two weeks, I guess, technically, yeah, but, depending, uh, on what, depending on when we do it. There's I guess. no chance I don't start taking a peek by the time we record next week, too. So, Mike, next week's, next week's going to be a weird one. Uh, yeah. Just throwing that out there. It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel Pro like Bowl we're missing preview? somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pro Bowl preview. So, you have that to look forward to, listeners. Um, so, that's it. We'll talk to you next week. What a good place to be Don't believe it Cause you speak a different language And it's never something I'll forget